3: This is Bear Sheldon Neely and you're listening to the Tom Sumner show.
4: your kicks on Route 66. Get your kicks on Route 66.
3: And welcome back everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is a poet and author a native rights activist and educator named Lance Henson. And he has some uh, of his uh, work appearing in a new publication we've been talking about a little bit on the show the last couple of weeks called The Continental Literary Magazine. And it uh, features... uh, Writings from Central Europe and North America for a U.S. market, and Lance's uh, work is included, um, and and we're going to talk about that and some of his other writing as he joins me by phone. Lance, good morning, welcome, uh, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, greeting from Italy,
3: and and you live in Italy, but you were raised in Oklahoma.
2: Correct. My tribe is there, Southern Cheyenne.
3: And I was reading something about you that said you were raised in the um, in the Cheyenne tradition um, in your upbringing yes. in Oklahoma. What does that mean in today's day and age?
2: Well, there are approximately three hundred seventy-six tribes in the land called America. We, those of us who retain our cultural language called that call where we live something else <laughs> which is which is uh something a lot of people I guess uh, don't know uh but to be a tishtas or cheyenne person uh Thistos is the name we call ourselves cheyenne was a name given uh to us uh, from several sources lewis and clark uh the early explorers uh, Uh, called a Chien, a word uh, from the uh, Sioux language that means people who speak a strange language. So that name stuck historically. And uh, another source was uh, the French word Chien, which means dog. And before the horse, we had these huge wolf-like dogs that that, uh, carried our belongings and protected the the camp. so I was raised up in this environment uh by uh, grandparents who were traditional Cheyenne people involved in the deep ceremonies that I have thus become involved in that's the short story
3: well let me let me ask this um how different is um tribal living um in in this day and age i I mean you're not i, I do you still? I, I I don't know if you hunt for food or if that's something you do ritually. <laughs> you, you know what I? You know what yeah. I mean? And and I don't. I don't mean yeah. to be so clumsy. I just am.
2: <laughs> don't worry. No, don't worry. Um, <clears throat> I grew up in a hunter-gatherer culture. My uncles were great hunters and. Uh, just a few generations removed from crazy horse. So my growing up period was not idyllic. There's a lot of violence in that time surrounding us and still is uh, even more so now. Uh, But to be an indigenous person in America uh, is to participate in ceremonies and rituals that that are uh, informed by very deep cultures, and uh, within those uh, ceremonies uh, is information that does separate us from the mainstream of what what is called American and American culture. You, are you in Youngstown?
3: No, no, I'm in uh, Michigan. Flint. You are? Flint, Michigan.
2: Ah, uh, Michigan. Okay. Uh oh uh Jim Har- Jim Harrison was uh, wrote to me a couple of times.
3: <laughs> well let me let me ask you this. Um is it poetry that is appearing in uh in the the uh in the continental?
2: No, it's an article on the uh the bah Indian movement in uh in Hungary. I was asked to fly in there mid-pandemic to Budapest from Bologna, where where I live, uh, to uh, to take a look at uh, the, this uh, fake Indian movement there, and uh, it was a um, very interesting because, uh, I, and I had to ultimately respect uh, what they were doing. Uh, simply because uh, the origins of that Indianism was an antecedent to the Nazi era. And uh, these groups stayed with their uh, respect for Native America by uh, even surviving the revolution in Hungary in 1956 and um, they escaped into the woods uh, to play Indian, basically, and uh, adopted pseudonyms, uh, Indian names. And even after the fall of communism in uh, 1989, <clears throat> a handful of them, these people began to play Indian in earnest. So <laughs> that's how I met them. And, uh, of course, my response was, you know, this is... a favorry of, of a cultural identities but uh, and I reminded them that they had their own uh, indigenous reality they were a horse culture uh, at one time so it was a it was an interesting trip I met some great people who are um, sort of the non-linear people of uh, of Hungary,
3: <laughs> Lance. The phrase "playing Indian" is that something that they use about themselves, or is that something that outsiders put on them?
2: They they adopted that term and adapted through the books that they read. As much as they could to plain to the plains indian uh, life, and uh most of them have made they have named themselves um, the pseudonyms of indian names that that are indicative of uh, plains Indians so that, that's the story how did, about
3: that how did you react when you first heard about these uh these Hungarians that were quote I angry. Uh, were you really were you angry or or was there any sense of yes. um, of of being honored or respected that people wanted to imitate that way of life?
2: Well, uh, living in Europe, I lived in Switzerland for some time and have traveled uh, most of Europe and have even, uh, been contacted by, uh, Indian far Indian organizations. Uh, so my experience with them has been not very positive in that, uh, mo- most of the, um, uh, these movements are very self-centered and they don't really care about what's happening to us in America as Native people. So my anger, I think, was well-founded simply because I had seen the misuse of uh, even our songs and dances that are, uh, first of all, social dances, but they are also uh, sacred in many ways, uh, misused in Europe. So there was some... um, you know, cultural feuding uh, going on, and and I witnessed it in Hungary as well. So, uh, my anger turns because I'm basically not a not an angry person. I I attempted to understand their reality, and uh, like I said, I was I was uh, impressed that they began these this their Indian playing Indian because of the Nazi era.
3: More with Cheyenne poet and writer Lance Henson
1: straight ahead.
2: Hello, darling. This is O'Vira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner.
5: Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection.
3: Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with Cheyenne poet and writer Lance Henson straight ahead. Is the the way they approach playing Indian, is it informed primarily by old american movies and tv shows depicting the old west with cowboys and indians and and well i mean do yeah. they do they uh, really totally know is. do they know the real history of native americans
2: well that's a that's an astounding question thank you uh today um, there are, there are many native american films uh Produced and directed by Native Americans. And uh, a very uh, a good uh, example would be the uh, television series um, that, that is, uh, has won some awards uh, in its first uh, viewing of our series, um, Reservation Dogs. Uh, Filmed in Oklahoma by a uh, Native American uh, director. Uh, so, I grew up with John Wayne movies, uh, the Howard Hawks films, and, um, but my reality was that I lived in a household uh, where, we, where there were no books. It was all tradition, and in that tradition was the deep culture. And, and then I went to public school, and then you know the friends that I made there at the, the baseball—they were convinced that they were they were seeing the real thing when they watched John Wayne films. But I knew a different story. So, <laughs> I, I
3: hope well, that, I would I think,
2: hope that answers your question.
3: Well, it, it it does a little bit. I I'm concerned about these people in Hungary that are playing Indian. Do have, do yeah. they know? Have they learned the the real history of Native Americans, or is all the information they have gleaned from the John Wayne movies?
2: No, uh, actually, um, they have researched uh, by buying books. You know, going to Amazon.com and buying sure. buying books on Native American history. So. In many ways, they're they're much more informed than most Americans about about the culture and who who we are because they they read the books. That, that was another uh, sort of strange reality that I encountered. I met a guy who had all the books on the Cheyenne that some books I don't have <laughs> and uh, that I don't need them. I just—I need a library. I have a good library of Native American literature. So <laughs> it was—it was, yeah, it was a, very
3: interesting. Now, you write—you've um, written a, a great deal of poetry, and it's a lot of your writing is referred to as what well, you are referred to as um, a, a, uh, a somewhat. Famous um, Cheyenne writer. Is there something different about the writing of poetry being Cheyenne? Is it the stories or is there a, a, a different formula to the writing itself?
2: I'll give you an example. Okay. Um, I'm a Sundancer and a Peyoteist and uh was raised uh in both of those ceremonies for over 30 years Uh, as a poet nearly every noun that deals with the natural world regarding my people's culture that i use in my poetry as a sacred reference leaf rain snow Various animals, birds, are sacred. are are written in a sacred reference in my poetry. I'm a minimalist, so the words are honed out of uh, many stories, m- many uh, mythological stories as well as lived stories, and uh, so my poetry is that. And um, the origin of my work, I, my first book. Was I was a sophomore in college in Oklahoma. Um, I was part of what many people call the Native American Renaissance in literature. It was my generation. There was no poetry, Native poetry, in the libraries when I was a student in Oklahoma. We created it. So, to create it, so, I use uh, the minimal style of poetry, because originally my first book was written in the patterning of uh, Native American songs, peyote songs. So my first book was relegated to haiku, and I wasn't writing haiku at all. I am writing the, I was writing the symbolism of the peyote ritual.
3: It, I'm glad you said that, Lance, because I, I was... Thinking of, of a question to ask about the cadence of writing Cheyenne poetry, and I was going to mm-hmm. ask if there was something um, unique or special about it, like there is for haiku. Uh,
2: it's not a formal, um, and not not as formal as haiku, but. Um, very near near to it. Uh, these songs are the traditional songs. Social songs are longer. They're they're longer songs because uh, they belong to um, a system of celebration that is not sacred. It's sacred to each tribe to participate in these. What they call powwow, what we call powwows, but there the then there are the other songs, and those are the songs that I was raised with uh, my family weren't didn't go to powwows we were we stayed home with our rituals and ceremonies, and I grew up in a household of that of that kind of living, and consequently, my influences um Relegated me to attempt to mirror uh, Cheyenne song in my poems
3: i'm I'm curious how you ended up in uh, in Italy
2: well uh, <laughs> uh, Scott Mamaday, the Kiowa author, had uh, won the uh, first Native American to win the Pulitzer surprise with a novel called Housemaid of Dawn, uh, the publisher in Italy, chose one of my books as the second book to be published by his press, and I was quite honored about that. That brought me to Italy in 1983. I'm in Europe because of the working group on indigenous populations in, at the UN in Geneva. I was an NGO there for 19 years, living in Switzerland. Um, and I, one of the things that, um, struck me about this, uh, intercontinental, this continental literary journal magazine was the fact that they would invite me to be involved in it. And I'm honored, honored about that. Continental literary magazine for me is, um, well, it's allowed me to be a journalist. And uh, so I, I look very much forward to participating more with that journal, journalism magazine.
3: And and the writing for that. anyway
2: Europe. Uh, I, uh-huh. I also I also uh, like Europe because it's older than America. And uh, the, the the streets in Italy, some of them are ma- I mean, there are magnificent streets and in, in cities here. And Italian food is my favorite food. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Who doesn't well,
2: love the year <laughs> yeah I
3: was gonna say who doesn't love Italian food um, <laughs> but let's um I, I want to get back to the the continental a little bit because I had the uh, editor yeah on the show um, just just a couple of weeks ago and um, mm-hmm and and i just recently had someone else who had written in uh in the, the first issue i think there are what two issues out now and it's a it's a quarterly uh, literary uh, review called the continental um yes and for people who want to learn more about i don't
2: think the second issue i don't think the second issue
3: is out yet uh i was under the impression it's out soon i i Maybe
2: just, yeah it, uh, yeah, it will be. Uh, yeah, it's a quarterly, quarterly, uh, magazine. So,
3: and but the writing that you did, this article you did about the uh, Hungarians playing Indians, mm-hmm. um, and I don't mean to yeah. be make it sound so facetious, Lance, but it, but it just it sounds don't no worry about it. Um, but that's very different than the the twenty eight volumes of poetry that you've had published in twenty five different languages
2: yeah actually it's fifty one books really that's an old that's an old bio i i'm you know i'm very nonlinear in my life so i <laughs> i'm way behind in my own career i don't it doesn't mean that much to me I just like to write poems. Um, yeah, I, well, I met Sandor, the editor, uh, six or seven years ago in Hungary, uh, born with a band and he happened to be, he lives in Cairo as well. He happened to be home in Budapest and we met and, uh, we had a a great conversation and I'm honored that he remembered me and invited me to do this article. So, you know, that, Believe me, I, <laughs> I I believe that the article uh, is as honest as I could be, uh, given the history of these uh, of this particular uh, group of uh, people who play Indian, and that's what they call us today: playing Indian. So that's what they're doing. <laughs> I
3: that just that, that seems weird because I've had to relearn sort of how I refer to things. Um, because, mm-hmm. because when I was a kid, I watched the same movies you did. I watched the John Wayne movies and I played mm-hmm. with other kids in my neighborhood and we played yeah. cowboys and Indians. And, oh, yeah. and I've
2: had to, I was, I was always the Indian.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I actually, it's, it's funny you say that because I did wonder, <laughs> did, did, did you play yeah. cowboys and Indians and, and,
2: uh. Of course, well, I'm, but we had horses.
3: Well, that that <laughs> makes it a lot more fun, I would think. Um, Absolutely.
2: Well, when I was a kid, you know, when I was growing up, uh, my reality, I was immersed into the Cheyenne world and because my grandparents were charter members of the Native American church. The Peyote religion that we that we uh, that we honor and celebrate, and uh, they were you know the first the first ceremonies I went to were in the teepees of the Native American church. so that immersion and what I saw in there as a, as a three-year-old kid were amazing and uh, I you know I was orphaned. Basically, my mother was told, was a, uh, a victim of the boarding schools, which is a huge issue now, and I, um, All I be all, all, all over North America,
3: in the U.S. and Canada.
2: Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Well, my mother and my uncles and aunts were victims of the boarding schools. A long, long story. Uh, and. and
3: but a story that people need to learn about and pay attention Absolutely. to.
2: And yeah, and uh you know there's a movie one of the one of the movies that tells that story is the movie Wind River. If you haven't seen it, I would suggest
3: What's the title again, Lance? The movie is called Wind River.
2: Wind River, okay. Wind River, yeah, that's the name of the Alapahle Reservation in Wyoming.
3: Well, what's next for you, Lance? You're you're living in Italy. You've got work published in the Continental. Are you are you writing? Uh, what what's uh, what's coming up? Uh,
2: well, right now, uh, right now, I'm putting together a manuscript for my second book uh, to be published in Colombia in Bogota. And uh, so I'm I'm uh, putting together a manuscript, we're still writing, uh, to submit to my publisher there. And it's a big honor for me to be because Spanish, Spanish was the Spanish poets were my hero as a, as a student in university because literally uh, the revolutionary <laughs> lives and words and. Poetry out of there shook me So I'm And then I'm working on I have a novella Called The Dog Soldier Wars That I have I'm not looking for a publisher yet Or I'm still writing it So that's what I'm doing And I hopefully uh, Sondra will involve me In another article With the Continental Literary Magazine Which I hope uh, becomes the the dream that the editors and bosses want it to be because it, I mean it's a perfect uh, time for authors in Central Europe to be writing about their lives and the stories. Yeah, it's it's
3: uh, it, it's a pretty amazing project if it if it goes the distance. Yeah, it, it is. And and, and yeah. I've already talked um, to you know Shandor and and I talked to, and I'm trying I'm trying to think of her name. Um, she's the one who wrote the the piece uh, on um, uh, sexuality and disability.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and oh yeah. I'm
3: trying to think of her name and it just it, it escapes me. And of I course can't,
2: that, I can't recall yeah. about it. We we've never really met, just, just in this magazine. So but I I think I was on a program with her the other night.
3: Thank you. Yeah, I was just, just trying to look and see if I can find it in my calendar here. Judith <laughs> Newman. <clears throat> Judith Newman is her name. Me? Judith Newman. Yeah. Okay.
2: That's that's. No, no, her. I'm not, i never met her.
3: But uh, but I, right. I really just meant to bring it up parenthetically Lance because she was on the show recently and the point is is mm-hmm. that I've talked to some very interesting people that are contributing to this publication yeah. and I think um including Absolutely. you um, and, and as we get close to the end of our time, and I can't believe how fast it's uh, it's gone by, Lance, but um, I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Um, yes. Do you have a website you'd like to share? Yes. Um, I began a, uh, I, excuse
2: me, I began a website uh, at the behest of uh, a graphic painter in Queens, New York, some years ago. Uh, it's a website dedicated to uh, the indigenous voice that I attempt to to raise regarding uh, resistance inhumanity, and uh, uh, I'm haunted by war, I'm traumatized by, by war, and so a lot of my poetry appears to be dark, but uh, there's, I am not, uh, I'm a very hopeful person in my life. I, I believe in miracles and mythology and heroes, so that's what I'm doing. <laughs>
3: what, uh, where can people go to see the website?
2: Okay, uh, it's called, uh, on Google, the songs, songs of two worlds, Lance Henson. Songs of two worlds, Lance Henson.
3: Okay, is that uh, .com, .org?
2: No, just songs of two worlds, and my name, Lance Henson. Oh, okay. And well, uh, I have reached. I have reached. Uh, yeah.
3: Yeah, go ahead, Lance.
2: No. Uh, You go
3: ahead. I I was just going to thank you again for spending uh, time with me and the listeners this morning and
2: uh, um, tell you to keep up the good work. Well, I want to to compliment you. I mean, you have a very laid-back program. I appreciate it.
3: Well, keep up the good work, Lance. Thanks again.
2: I certainly will. You too. You stay safe. Thank
3: you, sir. Take care. That was uh, Lance Henson, poet, author, native rights activist, and educator raised in uh, Oklahoma, living in Italy. His uh, article uh, that appears in the uh, first edition of the uh, uh, Continental Literary magazine that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks on this show uh, deals with... uh, Hungarians playing Indian. Interesting uh, interesting material, to be sure. Anyway, we're going to take a uh, short break, but we have lots more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. I
6: have to lay low for a while See you on the other side. We're all in for a bumpy ride. I'll see you on the other side. It's not the same without you. To this phone, so tight, and i whisper you a good night kiss. I'll see you on the other side when I crawl out of my cage. When the world is purified, I will find you and I promise this. I'll see you on the other side. I'll see you on the other side. The other side, and I'll meet you with arms open wide. See you on the other side. See you on the other side. See you on the other side, and I'll meet you with arms open wide. See you on the
1: other side.
7: This is the Unknown Comic. And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now. And now, too. And even
1: now.
2: This is our shot. Now it's up to you.
6: Hi
3: there folks, this is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office.
6: I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your
3: weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program.
1: Ellen Sherman, Cleveland housewife and
5: mother. Hi, I'm a nuclear physicist and commissioner of consumer affairs. In my spare time, I do needlepoint, read, sculpt, take riding lessons, and brush up on my knowledge of current events. Thursday's my day at the daycare center, and then there's my work with the deaf. But I still have time left over to do all my own baking and practice my backhand, even though I'm on call 24 hours a day as a legal aid. How
1: does Ellen Sherman do it all? She's smart. She takes speed. The tiny blue diet pill you don't have to be overweight to need
5: collect these paper bags. And I have them right here, all folded and everything. In case anyone needs a paper bag, I have Yes, one. speed. Because I fold them neatly, you know. I don't fold them just any old way. I Why not them ask them your family way way doctor for a prescription for today? And, and when that, that runs an an out, you can ask your neighbor's doctor. And your mother's doctor. And your college roommate's doctor. And your best friend from high school's doctor. And your babysitter's
1: we
7: you gonna do when there's no more that thing cold. Oh, me and you just get up early in the morning just about the break of day look into your mirror and wash them tears away isn't easy but it quickly goes away when you find yourself a new sweetheart and you still wait just get up early in the morning just about the break of day look into your mirror and wash them tears away Than you still away, just get up early in the morning just about the break of day look into your mirror and wash them tears away don't you act silly and don't try to run cause after the storm always comes the sun just get up early in the morning just about the break of day Look into your mirror And wash them tears away I mm-hmm. Find yourself and your sweetheart and you're still away Just get up early in the morning Just about the break of day Look into your mirror and wash them tears away Don't you act silly and don't try to run Cause after the storm away Comes the sun just get up early in the morning Just about the break of day Look into your mirror And wash them tears away
3: It up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. I want to say thanks to all my guests starting with uh, Lance Henson this past hour uh, famous Native American poet and um, Before that talking with the authors of the rumor game Which could very well end up being a Netflix series like their last book um, want to say thanks to uh, Danielle Clayton and Sona Chiripotra. And then uh, we started out this morning uh, talking about uh, economics and and with some advice about taking advantage of the prices while they aren't any higher than they are right now from uh, Dr. Kevin McCormick from Northwood University. And they're smoking George Winters tickling the ivories. Let me know it's time to head on down the hall to the living room for the weekend. But I will be back on Monday with another edition of the Tom Sumner program, and I hope you will be too. Have a great weekend. In the meantime, good night, everybody.
0: The Tom Sumner program is a live variety show.